Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, church. Say with me. God is good. Thank you, Jonathan, for being with us today. So good to see you this morning. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look marvelous this morning. Marvelous, marvelous. Let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful to be in the house of the Lord. We're in your presence, hearing your word. And God, just speak to our hearts and our minds. And Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' holy name, amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. We've had our granddaughter Riley for the last three or four days. We picked her up on Thursday evening. Um, she uh, is a delight to be with. And so our kids, uh, Aaron and Natalie and Ian and the twins, uh, they're still there in the Oklahoma City area. And so I think the parents are missing Riley because we've done a lot of FaceTiming. And they want to talk to her and see how she's doing. And so yesterday morning, they were getting ready to go to the state fair, and we asked them, how's your day going? And so my son Aaron said, well, this is the way our day started. At four o'clock this morning, Ian, which is our two-and-a-half-year-old grandson, he said Ian got up and went into the child safety door uh, between the uh, kitchen and the food pantry and the laundry room and said he breached the door. And he went into the pantry and got the box of Halloween Oreos out. And it has the orange stuffing in the middle of it. And said he ate a sleeve of orange Oreo cookies. And then he got into the Starburst candy uh, package and ate a whole bunch of Starburst candy. And so he invited the dog Ruby in with him. And so Ruby had some uh, Halloween Oreos and Starburst burst candies and I said how's it going he said well Ruby is throwing up rainbows right now <laughs> and that uh, Ian is so sugared up he's wanting to run around the house real fast so uh, sometimes you storm the gates and the gates don't do you a whole lot of good but sometimes the gates do you a lot of good and I want to tell you that we live in a crazy world and we have to be very careful on how we let things in and let things out because gates are to keep things in and to keep things out. Can I hear an amen? So over 280 times in your Bible, this topic of gates actually comes up. And in that culture at that time, obviously gates were a huge, huge thing. So if I told you I had information this morning to share with you that would revolutionize your marriage and your life and your finances and your job and your future and your, your eternal life, how many, would, how many of you would want to hear that? That happens every Sunday. Because the Word of God is the information that you need to live a life of excellence and to make heaven your home. So we're going to delve into that because I've been thinking about that a lot, and I believe the Lord has just shared some things with me to help me, but I'm going to share it with you because how many of you know everybody needs some help? 
and I'll be the first one to hold up my hand. Nehemiah chapter 13, this is the story, and most of you know Nehemiah leaving the land of Babylon and Persia to go back and rebuild the city of Jerusalem, the, 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 the city, the walls, and the gates. So this is verse 22, and I commanded the Levites that they should cleanse themselves and that they should go and guard the gates. So why guard the gates? Because the enemy wants to come in your gate to kill, steal, and destroy. How many of you are going to help me preach this morning? So he wants to crash the gate, he wants inside, and he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. We don't have to wonder that. So the wise King Solomon said there are three areas that we have to guard. We have to guard the gates of our heart, our mouth, and our soul. So that with, say that with me. Our heart, our mouth, and our soul. Proverbs 4.23, keep or guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Proverbs 13.3, he who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. And listen, we don't want destruction, do we? So Solomon's also the one who said, that we, we have the, the power of life and death, and it's in the power of the tongue. How many of you know your tongue, and James says this, can get you in trouble? It can be a blessing or it can be a cursing. It's just how you use it. So Friday, because Riley was with us, Carrie and I, we drove down to Wichita Falls, Texas with Riley. We did a little bit of shopping, going to go out to eat. And so Carrie had a stop that uh, we need to, to get something. So Riley and I stayed in the car. So we're in the car, air conditioning's running. Carrie's running in really quick to get something. And, and how many of you ever seen somebody who had an interesting hairdo? So we're in the car, and so th this young lady walks by, and she has a very interesting hairdo, and it's multicolored. And I made the comment to Riley. I said, Riley, look at this girl. She, she has a really uh, different hairdo. And so Riley from the back seat said, Papa, we should not make comments about people we do not know. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes at four years old, I stand corrected because your mouth needs to be guarded. And we have to be very careful what we say or sometimes what we don't say. So Solomon said, you need to guard your heart. You need to guard your mouth. Okay, I'm glad you used your mouth there. Uh, Proverbs 22, 5, thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. Listen, I don't need any more thorns in my life. I don't need any more weeds in my life. I don't need any more obstacles in my life. I don't think you do either. But he says, if we guard our soul, they will be what? Far from us. So I need to put them as far from me as I can. And notice this terminology, the soul. So you may say, well, pastor, that's a very churchy word. Yeah, yeah it kind of is. It's your soul. So what is your soul? Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Say that with me. Your mind, will, and emotions. And you have to guard your mind, your will, and your emotions because they can get out of kilter. They can go wild on you. So we have to really guard our mind, our will, and our emotions. And let me ask you a question. Did Jesus have to deal with that himself? And the answer is yes. Oh, I know that he is the son of God. He's God in the flesh. He's the eternal one, but also in his humanity on this earth, he had to deal with the same things you and I deal with. So that's why we have this sermon series going on, Life Hacks. You have to guard your gates. 
And Jesus had to do the very same thing. And let me explain it to you. This is Matthew chapter 16, verse 6. Then Jesus said to them, and to them as his disciples, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now that's an unusual statement. And I want to tell you, they did not understand what he was saying. And they said, well, is he saying that because we don't have any bread? We don't have anything to eat? You know, beware of the leaven of the scribes and Pharisees. How many of you know that sometimes in the Bible there's a duh moment? Has anyone ever had a duh moment? Like, duh. And so he said, don't you remember I just divided the fish and the loaves? I just fed 5,000 people, and you're asking me, do we have anything to eat? And he said, no. The, the leaven of the scribes and the Pharisees, listen up, this is the, um, the teaching, the doctrine, the ideology, and the philosophy of these people. Mark chapter 8, verse 15, and he charged them, saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Everybody say Herod. This is the first time that I really noticed this, and I'm sure I've read it before, but he said, be careful of the leaven of Herod. So, question what is leaven well leaven is yeast and if you have bread that you're making if you have dough then if you put the yeast in it what does it do it permeates throughout the dough and it allows the bread to rise so when you introduce that it affects everything so I want you to look at this there are two types of leaven that he is dealing with and he's sharing with them. One is the leaven of the religious, and the other is the leaven of the political. I'm going to preach something I've never preached before today, and you're either going to love me or not love me at all when I leave today. So you need to scotch the preacher. There is the leaven of the political, and there's the leaven of the religious. Because he uses the leaven of Herod, and Herod is not a religious leader. He is a political leader. Jesus had to deal with both. You see the doctrine, the ideology, the philosophy, the teaching of the scribes and the Pharisees was not exactly what Jesus was teaching. How many of you know he was teaching grace, not law? He fulfilled the law. He lived under the law. But how many of you know he's bringing a new covenant with better promises and better blood, and that's dripping from the cross from the Savior? So now he says, be careful I don't want you to get caught up in this religious teaching. Folks, religion will not save you. Jesus saves you. Presidents don't save you. Jesus saves you. And I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, if you're conservative or liberal, I do kind of care, but listen to me anyway. So what I'm saying is that you and I can get caught up in the political, we can get caught up in the religious, and it can be a detriment to you, and you have to guard your gates with those things. And Jesus had to deal with both of those. Because he started dealing with the religious at age 12, He's in the temple debating the scribes and the Pharisees, the doctors of the law, and Mary and Joseph has to come and get their 12-year-old and take him back home to Lazarus because Jesus said, should not I be about my father's business? 
And after he feeds the 5,000, the crowd wanted to make him king and crown him. Do you know that's in the Bible? And Jesus had to slip away because he knew he could not get caught up in the religious and the political. It doesn't mean that we don't get into political issues. It doesn't mean we don't vote. We don't champion the cause. So that's not what I'm saying. But Jesus slipped away because they wanted to crown him king, and he knew the cross had to come before the crown. Oh, yeah, he's going to be crowned. How many of you know he's already in heaven? He's going to come back, as we heard already this morning. And I want you to know he's going to be crowned King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's going to reign forever and ever and ever and ever. And the nations of this world shall become the property of our king. And let me tell you, that's good news. So, should we... Obviously, learn the Word of God. Should we know what the, the plan of God is, and the doctrine of God is? Absolutely. Should we stand firm in political stands that we should take a stand in? Absolutely. But let me tell you something. You better guard your gate. And I better guard my gate. You, you better guard your heart and your mouth and your soul because these things are absolutely real this is isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 arise shine for your light has come and the glory of the lord has risen upon you for behold the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people but the lord will arise over you his glory will be seen upon you Verse 17, instead of bronze, I will bring gold. Instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, bronze. Instead of stones, iron. I will also make your officers peace and your magistrates righteous. Or he would say, you need some good leaders. How many of you know we need some good leaders in America? So he's saying that I'm going to bring some things around that you need. You know, someone said if this old adage, liar, liar, pants on fire, was really true, watching the news would be exciting. <laughs> Listen, if liar, liar, pants on fire is true, we're going to have some great midterm elections. Aren't we? Well, I thought I'd just throw that in. Did, did you look at verse 17 there? L look at that again. You know what Jesus is saying? I'm fixing to upgrade your life. Did you catch it? Instead of bronze, I'm going to bring you gold. Instead of iron, silver. Instead of wood, bronze. Instead of stone, iron. I'll make your officers at peace. I'm going to bring you good leaders. He says, I'm fixing to upgrade you. And let me tell you, upgrades are good. How many of you love to be upgraded? Sure. Uh, we, we were doing a, a, a wedding many years ago uh, for Alan's family up in Tulsa. And we were staying, you know, in a nice hotel there. We did the rehearsal uh, one night, and then the wedding's going to be the next day. And so there was reservations at the hotel, and it's probably after the rehearsal dinner and everything, it's probably close to 10 o'clock. Carrie and I, we, we go to the hotel, and we're getting ready to check in. And we give the name, we have reservations, and she said, I'm sorry, I don't have you here at all. How many of you know at 10 o'clock you don't want to go find another hotel? I'm sorry, you don't have reservations. And I said, well, you know, I'm sorry that happened. What, you know, what do we need to do? And this lovely lady, young lady behind the, uh, the counter, she looked at me. She said, I hadn't blessed anybody all day. And she said, uh, let me just bless y'all. Have you ever been in those hotels where there are certain floors you can't get to? 
unless you have a pass key or there's a code in the elevator. Uh, I, I've stayed in those a couple of times, but most of the time I'm down a little bit lower. And she said, let me just bless y'all. And she said, uh, here's a room. And she gave us the key. And it's one of those you have to put in the elevator. And you go way up there by the presidential suite. And you're up there with the muckety-mucks. <laughs> Upgrade's good. God is saying to you and to me, he said, I'm going to upgrade your life. Who in the world wouldn't want to upgrade your life? Who in the world wouldn't want that? Who in the world wouldn't want to serve a God that says, okay, here you are, I'm going to make you more. I'm going to make you better. I'm going to bless you. Listen, I'm not here to blab it, grab it, spit it, get it. I'm not here to say that. I'm just saying this is the word of God, and he is saying, I am going to upgrade your life. Verse 18, violence shall no longer be heard in your land, neither devastation nor destruction within your borders, but you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. We read that again. That's, a, that's an amazing line. I'm going to call your wall salvation, your gates, praise. The walls say I'm saved, but praise protects the gates. The walls say I'm saved, but praise protects the gates. Now, what does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked me. Because you can be saved and things still try to get in your gate. You can love God. You can be headed to heaven, but things still try to get into your life. They try to get in your mind. They try to get in your heart. They try to get in your soul. And you and I better guard our gates because there's a whole lot of stuff trying to get in through the gate. So I have to say i gotta, I got to guard the gates. Philippians chapter 4, Paul is writing... The church at Philippi, verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes, surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know what Paul said? Your heart and your mind has to be guarded. Do you see it? Your heart and your mind must be guarded. So how do I guard my mind and my heart? The key is right there. Why does it have to be guarded? Because there are things that want to get past your gate into your mind and your heart. And if we don't watch it, it will creep in. It is sneaky in the religious and the political. We live in a woke culture. We live in a crazy time that is absolutely idiotic that is trying to get into your heart and your mind and your kids and my life, and your life, and I better put up the guard at the gate to say I'm not going to let that in my heart, in my mind, in my thoughts, or in my life. So we have to guard the gates. And my friends, it is being pumped to you through the news and the media and the movies and entertainment and songs and on your phone. Can I hear a hearty amen? Better guard the gate. Listen, young people, better guard the gate because you may not be mature enough to know what is being piped in through your gate. And sometimes it sounds good, but how many of you know it is destructive? So whoever controls the gate controls what gets in and what gets out. The ingress, the egress. So instead of anxiety, worry, fear, 
Notice what he says here in this passage. Let there be prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. So when anxiety and fear and doubt and worry tries to come into your life, you know how you guard your gate? By prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Now, if you will leave with this today, it's going to help you because it's helping me. Because all of that will try to come into your life. Anxiety will try to come in. If I ask this question, has anybody ever here had an anxiety attack or a panic attack? Sure, a lot of people would say yes. Has anybody here ever worried? Oh, yeah, duh. Sure, we worried. Has anybody ever had fear try to creep in? Yeah, absolutely. We are all human. This is thematic to all of us. So how do we guard the anxiety from getting in and the fear from getting in and the worry from getting in? Paul said, you pray and you have supplication and thanksgiving. So he says, when it tries to come in, let, I love this, he said, let prayer, let supplication, and let your life answer that gate, that knock on the door, let thanksgiving go answer it. And say, I'm sorry, you're not allowed in here. Because it can come in so very easy. I mean, you have issues in your life. I have issues in my life. You worry about your family. You worry about your finances. You worry about your job. You worry about health. You worry about retirement. You worry about America. You worry about, you know, the the political agenda. You worry about the crazy stuff that goes on. You know what we got to do? We got to say, hey, you can't come in. But, But how do I keep it from coming in? I pray. I have supplication. And I have thanksgiving. That's how I stop it from coming in. So I don't focus on the thing, the fear, the anxiety, the worry. I focus on the prayer, supplication, and the thanksgiving. God, I thank you that you love me. God, I thank you that you're with me. Lord, I thank you you will never leave me. You will never forsake me. Lord, I know that you're going to provide for me. I know that you will never ever, ever, ever do anything harmful for me. Lord, I know that you are for me, not against me. And you know what you do? You're saying fear, anxiety, worry. You can't come in here. You can't come in here because I'm going to keep you outside the walls. I'm going to keep you outside the gates so you are barred from coming in here. I am stopping you at the gate. You cannot enter into this place. You can't come into my heart. You can't come into my mind because you will try to control me. You ever wake up in the middle of the night worried? Ever got up in the middle of the day and you think you got so much to do but something else is on your mind? And this is just going over and over and over. So when anxiety, worry, and fear knocks at the gate, prayer, supplication, thanksgiving ought to go answer it. And sometimes it's not a knock. Sometimes it's a deluge. Sometimes it's waves coming in. You know the feeling, don't you? It's not just a little thing, it's a big thing. I mean, all of a sudden the fear rushes in, the anxiety rushes in, the worry rushes in. And listen, you know, when there's a flood coming in, how many of you know the Bible says you ought to raise up a standard? What's the standard? What do you do to raise it up? You pray, you have supplication. You have thanksgiving. You have praise. So you don't focus on that. You focus on the one that can change it because, listen, worry never changed anything. Fear never changed anything. Anxiety never changed anything. The only thing that will change is you. It will never change the problem. 
Now you have two problems. You have the original problem, and now you have the problem dealing with the anxiety, the worry, and the fear, right? So that's the way that works. And the enemy is very good because he knows how to do what he does. So here is another churchy word here, supplication. Um, You know, we don't use that much. I mean, you probably hadn't used the word supplication in a conversation all week. Well, you know, the other day I was in supplication. Okay. Well, supplication is kind of an archaic word, an ancient word, which means to be put under obligation. You know what supplication is? I am petitioning someone to do what they said they would do. It's like you take your car to the mechanic. Uh, I really want you to just do what you said you would do. At the price, you said you would do it. Is, is, is that ringing a bell? Okay. So what we do in supplication, we're reminding God what he said, and we're asking him to do what he said he would do. That's supplication. So prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, we are combating that at the gate with those things. Psalm 100, most of you know this. Uh, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless his name. So what, what do we do? So what's at the gate? Thanksgiving, praise, and blessing his name. So you're at the gate. That's wanting to come into your life. So what do you do? You, you meet that thing. Here we go. With thanksgiving, with praise, and blessing his name. Well, I'm here to scare you. Oh, God is so good. I'm so thankful for all all he's done. I praise him for his marvelous works. I praise him for his acts. I praise him for who he is. How how many of you know that will take your mind and get it off the anxiety, the fear, and the worry and get your mind on the one who can change the situation and changes you? So that's where we are at the gate, guarding the gates. Revelation chapter 21. John the Revelator has this wonderful encounter with Jesus Christ. In Revelation chapter 1, 21, this is what John said. He said, I saw new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride adorned for her husband. And then we have the wonderful words that are spoken. He said, God said, he said, there will be no sickness There will be nothing that defiles there. He said, we'll be his people. He'll be our God. And God himself will do what? Wipe the tears from our eyes. He's going to wipe the tears from our eyes. How many of you know that's going to be a good place? But in this four-square city, there are 12 gates, and each gate is made out of pearl. Have you ever heard this? 12 pearly gates are the pearly gates. Where did that come from? Well, believe it or not, it comes from the Bible. We're headed for the pearly gates. Do you know how pearls are made? The oyster, the the monks, uh, these little sea creatures, or it can be freshwater. If they get a little grain of sand or a piece of food or debris inside their shell, which they don't want it in there, and they do a whole lot of things to guard anything from getting internally within them, But if it gets in them, they have the wonderful God-given ability to coat that irritant, to coat that sand or that intruder, no matter what it is, to coat it with a film and layer it over and over and over and over. And the very thing that came to irritate them, they make it into something valuable and a treasure. If God can do that, 
with a oyster laying at the bottom of the ocean, how much more can he do that for you? So, when that irritant comes, whenever she comes, I mean, he comes, whenever they come, whenever that problem amounts and, 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 and shows up and whenever that issue is, you know what you do? You code it with praise. You code it with thanksgiving. You code it with supplication. You tell God how good he is. You tell him how he's going to overcome all the enemies in your life. No weapon against me shall prosper. You know what you're doing? You're taking that irritant and you're laying it over and over and over until one day that thing is going to come out as a treasure, valuable. You'll testify about it because God can take the bad things and do good things with them, right? So what do we do? We guard the gate. And we guard it with praise. We guard it with thanksgiving. We, we guard it with supplication. We, we guard it with worship. Because if you don't, you're going to let that thing in. And it's going to eat your lunch. And you just need to keep bombarding that thing with the word of God. You bombard it with praise. You bombard it with prayer. You bar bombard it with supplication. Now, pastor, do you live in the same world I live in? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of like the little meme that's going around, hey, as a kid, I held the flashlight for my dad. Some of you don't even know what that means because <laughs> you never got it at the right spot. Um, I, 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 I've been bailing hay all week, and, and I get there in the morning, and this was broke, and this was wrong, and this is out of diesel, and, you know, the bearing's out over here, and i got to sharpen the blades. And I got, after about the first day of that, I'd I, I show up out in the hay field. I said, God, you are so good. God, thank you for this great day. Thank you for helping me today. God, God, let things go well today. You say, did it help? Sure helped me. I was in a better frame of mind. And it helped me to take the irritants in my life and make something good out of it and not give the enemy praise for what he's trying to do. I'm going to give God praise on what he's doing to the enemy. And he's going to help you and he's going to help me because we know that this thing that is irritant can become a thing of beauty if you handle it in the right way. So that's what praise, thanksgiving, prayer, and supplication will do in your life because it will bring the peace of God that passes all understanding. So what kind of peace is that? You got it and you don't understand why you got it. Hey, I, I have peace about this. Why? I don't know. I just have it. That's the kind of peace God can give you. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, because in this world you're going to have trouble and tribulation. But he said, I'm going to give you peace in the middle of the trouble and tribulation. Listen, we're human, we live in this world, and we've got to navigate it the very best we can. And I want to tell you, God's way is the best way to navigate it. I, uh, I know there's a lot of counselors out there. We have some here in the church, and they're wonderful. But let me tell you, everything we need is in the Word of God to defeat the enemy that we face every day. So we have to replace fear with faith, worry with prayer, uncertainty with supplication. God, you're obligated to your word, and I'm going to believe you will. Second Chronicles chapter 20, let me give you the background. This is the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat. Three armies have banded together, three countries, to come defeat Israel, Judah, and take Jerusalem. It is the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the inhabitants of Mount Seir are the Syrians. So they banded together. They're going to come against God's people. And when they know they're coming, this is what Jehoshaphat says. God, 
there's no way we can defeat the alliance of three different armies of three different countries. And this is what he literally said. He said, God, we don't know what to do. You know what he began to do? He did exactly what we're studying today. He began to pray. He began to fast. He wanted to hear the word of God. And when he did those things, God spoke and he said this, the battle is not yours, the battle is mine. And this is the remedy. He said, this is where they are. They're down by the cliffs of Ziz. He said, I want you to get the singers, the worshipers. I want you to put them on the front line. I want you to go down there praising me, the beauty of my holiness. And when they got there, let me read it to you, verse 22. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, and who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. How did they get defeated? Because the people came in worship, they came in prayer, they came in praise, and God defeated their enemies. Hezekiah did the same thing. So now the Babylonians, the Assyrians have come to take Jerusalem and Judah. And they wrote a letter and said, no country, no city has been able to defy us, defeat us. Our gods are superior. And Hezekiah took that letter, that mandate, and took it to an altar and laid it on the altar and said, God, that's what they said. You know what he's doing? He's praying. He's saying, God, here's what the enemy says. They're going to destroy us. And God gave an answer. You know what he said? He said, they will not breach these gates they will not fire one shot against this city. And an angel from Almighty God came down to that army and killed 185,000 soldiers just like that. How many of you know that's a bad dude angel? 185,000 dead the next morning. And you know what they did? They packed up their baggage and they went home. Duh, I guess so. Why? Because Hezekiah went to God, God, here's the situation, let me pray, let me bring supplication to you, let me worship you, let me praise you, and God says, okay, I'll take care of this, this is not your battle, this is my battle. How many you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Now, we got to do what we got to do, but let me tell you, you can never do what God says do. Let's put it in reverse a little bit. Joshua and the children of Israel are coming out of bondage. They've been wandering for four, 40 years, and now they need to come to Canaan, and there's the walled city Jericho. Yeah, I mean, what do they do? How do we defeat them? We're not warriors. We're not in a city. And let me read what God said to Joshua. I have given to you the city of Jericho, the king and all its mighty men. When did he do that? Before they ever did anything. He, he said, listen, Joshua, I've already given you the city. I've already given you the king. All the warriors are yours. I'm going to ask you to do three things. Number one, be obedient to me. Work my plan. What a plan. March around the city and keep your trap shut. Do it for six days. Because if you don't keep your mouth shut for six days, you're going to walk around the city and say, this is the stupidest thing we've ever done in our life. You're going to start speaking negative. You're going to mess up the plan of God. Number two, when it's time on the seventh, march around on the seventh day, I want you to blow those trumpets as loud as you can blow. And number three, you shout the praise of God and the walls will fall down. And how many of you know it happened exactly the way Almighty God said? 
Isn't that amazing? God said, this city is already yours. These warriors are already yours. This king is already yours. You just need to do what I'm asking you to do. Now, God spoke through Isaiah, and he gave us some choices. How many of you know choices are good? You want shrimp scampi? Do you want uh, fried shrimp? Do you, do you want, um, you know, grilled shrimp? And th- this kind of sounds like um, a movie, doesn't it? So, we love choices. God gave us some choices. W- would you like the beauty or would you like the ashes? Would you like the oil of joy or would you like the mourning? Would you like the garment of praise or the spirit of heaviness? Your choice. Which one would you like? Well, duh. But see, here's the thing. God gives us choices. If we choose the right thing, your life will go better. If you choose the right thing, you will overcome the enemy. So you will have beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If that's what you choose, if that's what you do, you can have complaining or praise, worry or worship, anxiety or thanksgiving, fear or faith. So what's it going to be for you this morning? I mean, which one are you going to choose? Well, I think I'll choose the positive. But here's the thing. If you choose the positive, you've got to do it God's way. So when that comes, when the fear comes, the anxiety comes, the worry comes, and everybody here is dealing with something. And if you're not, we're going to take you to Fairlawn after this service because you need to be buried because if you're alive, you're dealing with something. It could be with a family issue, a marriage, your health. It could be with a hundred different things. And if you're dealing with something, there is a way to deal with it. If you don't deal with it right, the fear, the anxiety, the worry will eat you up. And we live in a crazy world that every time you watch the news, that could creep into your life. Every time you see some of the leaders we have, that could creep into your life. Every time you see the stock market and your retirement, that could creep into your life. Am I preaching to anybody today? Every time you send your kids to school, every time they watch a TikTok video, every time we we have pronoun issues, every time we have gender issues, if you don't watch it, that will creep right inside your gates and it will mess up your life. You better guard your gates! Because we have to be on guard. And God said we could. Because the enemy wants to storm your gates. But let me end on some even better news. That the gates of hell will not prevail against you. We're going to storm the gates of hell. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to know him. Because he's the only way to be saved. He is the Savior. I can't save you. Church can't save you. Religion can't save you. Politics can't save you. How many of you know Jesus saved you? You've got to believe in him. You've got to know him. Because he died on the cross for our salvation. And as we come to him in repentance, he receives us to himself. We believe in him. And today... You need to choose Jesus. You need to accept him as your Savior. And if you've wandered off, if you're really not where you need to be with the Lord, wouldn't this be a great time to come and stand here this morning and say, Lord, I choose you. I want beauty. I don't want ashes. I I don't want mourning. I I want the joy of, of gladness and the oil that you have. 
I, I, I don't want sadness. I, I want praise today. I don't want fear. I want faith. I don't want anxiety. I'll pray. It's our choice. So today, if you don't know the Lord, or you need to get back with Him or get right with Him, as they begin to play, would you just lift your hand up and say, Pastor, would you pray for me this morning? Listen, I know it takes courage for that to happen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Other hands are going up. What about you? If Jesus came tomorrow, if you died today, where would you be? Where's eternity for you? So those are decisions that we get to make, and we have to make the right one. And before we go on, as we hear the music, as we think about our life, as we think about our day and our tomorrow and our week, remember the scripture, your wall shall be salvation and your gates praise. So today, if you're going to heaven, if you're saved, that's a good thing. But how many of you know with me, you can be saved and still have issues? You can be going to heaven and still have problems. So if you have some issues or some problems in your life you would like to attack, and you'd like to keep out of your mind, your heart, your life, out of your gate, would you lift your hand with me right now? Say, Pastor, I'm dealing with something um, that, that I really need to keep out of my gate, get out of my mind, my heart, my life, my thoughts. I got my hand up. Listen, we all face it. So we need, we need help. I have some people who's going to help us pray if they come and stand right here. If you raised your hand for any reason or if you didn't, I'd like for you to come and let's, let's pray about your issue. You don't have to tell it to me. You don't have, even have to tell it to anybody else unless you want to. Would you stand with me all over the house? Stay with us just for one moment. This is very, very important. If you raised your hand for any reason, I want you to get out of your pew from the Cascade section all around this place. I want you to come and stand right here. Find someone to pray for. Come up to somebody. Give them a visit. I'm going to wait for you. People are still coming. Come on, church. Let's give them an applause as they come. People are still coming right now. Come on, put your hands together. If you'd like to help us pray, I, I need about 50, 60 people to help us pray. Would you come and gather around this group here, lay, lay your hand on their shoulders, stand next to them, let them know they're not by themselves. And if you didn't come a moment ago and you have an issue you'd like to pray about, just come right here. You tell it to the Lord. Say, Lord, this thing's been bugging me. This thing's been trying to get in my mind, my heart, my life. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to pray about this this morning and I'm going to leave and be in a better frame of mind because I am going to protect the gate from that entering my life and changing my life to the negative. Come on all over the house. Let's pray together before we leave. Father right now in the name of Jesus. God for those who've come today God we pray that you'd strengthen them, lead them, guide them. Lord allow your presence Allow your great, wonderful name above every name to be in their life as they accept you, as they live for you, as they confess their sins. God, we know you are faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and all of our iniquities. So, Lord, today, let us leave encouraged. Let us leave uplifted. Let us leave with the strength that only you can give by your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you for that. If you're praying, just continue to pray. Everybody else, look at me just for one minute. 
Hold up your right hand. We, we don't do this every time, but we do it a lot. I want you to give a good confession. Come on, follow me and, and say it with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to guard my gate. There's some things I don't want in. And I'm going to meet it with praise. I'm going to meet it with thanksgiving. I'm going to meet it with supplication. And I'm going to meet it with prayer. And you are going to be my victor in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.